3: This one's for the birds, this one's for the city. This one for the fans that bleak ring with me. Push down the 95 to the right is the link. With a team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson. Asfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Live, stop by F1. Fly, it just fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Yeah. Battle gang, bird gang, yeah, I said it twice. Yeah. You already it once, now you sure you heard it right. Yeah. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't make Brenda Kelly, we don't rock with that. No. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. No. Yeah, we got an SB, time to run it back. Yeah. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. Back. All you see is Sears Green, like you want to know Careless Care less about your squad, bro, it's only yeah. a cheese steak tailgate. Yeah, we good, bro. Bear prom baptism, you already know. Time no. No. shot to no. me. After every you know where to for the in the heart of Philly. It
2: is Dallas
1: week to quote Malcolm Jenkins. You know exactly what week. It is here we go, broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to a very special Dallas Sox edition of 4th and John, episode 115. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. We knew it. In the earlier in the offseason, when the schedule came out, we were looking at it up and down, wondering, where is it? Ooh, where's Dallas? When's Dallas coming to Philadelphia? And we saw it was week 16, and we knew it, that this one was going to be for all the marbles. This one was going to decide the division. This one was going to be for the NFC East Championship. Now, granted, didn't exactly work out the way we wrote it up. I mean, after all, we thought that at the end of the season, week 16, we were going to see two NFC East NFL Titans Battling it out on the gridiron for a playoff spot, a first-round bye, home field advantage, the one seed in the NFC playoffs. Nope! We're limping, both limping in at 7-7. Seven seven. It's more like two dudes sitting at the top of Dumpster Fire Mountain trying to win a gold-plated poop emoji that is the championship for the NFC East. Didn't exactly work out the way we scripted it up, but we knew it. We knew that this would be the week that decided the NFC East championship. Now, you a casual football fan, might look at the 7-7 seven seven Philadelphia Eagles and the 7-7 seven seven Dallas Cowboys and think to themselves, this is just two teams just limping in to see who's going to win their division. The rest of the divisions in the NFL are looking at us kind of snickering laughing, be like, look at these clowns. Look at these clowns. They don't even got winning records. They're trying to battle it out for the division. But if you think about it, while the records might be the same, God darn it, wasn't it two different journeys to get to this point? I mean, what is the reoccurring theme of the 2019 Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, we lost some games. We should have won. Maybe we won a game we should have lost against the Green Bay Packers. But the reoccurring theme... Is injuries, once again, decimated by injuries. We just won a game for the second time in the fourth quarter at the last minute with Carson Wentz throwing a touchdown pass with a bu- to a bunch of practice squad players, to a bunch of undrafted rookie free agents. And trust me, we're going to get into that celebration. We know we were there. But when you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, it's a completely different story than the Dallas Cowboys being 7 and 7. Because the Dallas Cowboys, they're talented. They're healthy, they've got no excuses, yet they can't even get out of their own way. They keep tripping over their own deck, And here they are seven and seven and it's coming down to week 16. And I, Spence, if you'll indulge me for a second, I want you to zoom in, camera one right here. I want you to zoom in, give me, give me a nice tight shot because I want to talk directly to the Dallas Cowboys fans. <laughs> Hello Dallas Cowboys fans, it's your old buddy E-Rock. Long time no talk, but I'm here just to tell you, don't lose this game. Don't let the Eagles win. (laughs) Don't get beat. I mean, how awful would that be? How embarrassing would that be if you lose at Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday? A team that you beat in your own house, a team that lost to the Miami Dolphins. Don't, don't, Don't lose. I mean, you had control of the NFC East this entire time. You were looking down your nose at the Giants, the Redskins, and the Eagles. You thought that this was a wrap. Oh, don't don't blow it now. Don't lose now. Don't lose now. Don't blow it. I mean, look, Cowboys fans, trust me on this one. You don't want to lose this game because I know Eagles fans. I'm amongst Eagles fans. I am an Eagles fan. And if you lose this game, you're going to have to listen to nothing but trash talk the entire offseason. We are going to give you an earful. You're never going to hear the end of it. We're going to be on your mentions. We're going to be in your Facebook pages. We're going to be in your face talking about how you couldn't beat this lousy team called the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas fans, I recommend don't lose this game. Don't let the Eagles win. Don't get beat. And listen... I know you're nervous. I know you're nervous. You don't have to admit it out loud. I know that you're nervous. Because you don't believe in that dude sitting under the center. You're nervous about it. You think he might blow blow it in the end. No matter how many Dak versus Wentz stats that you throw out there, you're worried that that guy is going to blow it for you. You don't believe in him. And you certainly don't believe that in that dude sitting on the sidelines, the clapper just clapping along. You're nervous. You're worried that he is going to blow it for you. I don't blame you. I would be too. And I know that you're nervous about that dude sitting up in the press box, up in the owner's box with his saggy face and the puss on his face, all tears in his eyes with his head in his hand, Jerry Jones, because you're worried that when you lose this game, he's not going to be able to right the ship. See, Dallas Cowboys, we, losing to the Philadelphia Eagles says more about your team than it would be if the Eagles lost. You understand that, right? Because we already lost. We already lost in your house. We already got swept by you last year. And we already got some really built-in excuses when it comes to this. Eagles are coming in banged up. The Eagles are an underachieving team given the circumstances. What's your excuse? You're talented, you're healthy, you have no excuses. So once again, I will recommend to you, I'm here to just recommend to you, don't lose. Don't let the Eagles win. Don't get beat. And I know that you're kind of feeling yourself because you just beat the Los Angeles Rams. That must feel pretty good. Let me allow them to give you a give you a golf clap. Congratulations. You just won. You just beat a team with a winning record. Your first one. Congratulations. Can I offer you a cookie? Would you like a cookie? Do you want a cookie? Let me offer you a cookie. Have a cookie. Do not get beat. This is my recommendation to you. Do not get beat don't let the Eagles beat you. Do not lose this game. Cause I know right now you're feeling yourself after beating the Rams and you're walking into this thing as the favorites. Trust me, we would have it no other way because while you might be the favorites, I will remind you once again, do not lose this game. Do not let the Eagles win. Do not get beat. Because what I don't want to remind you is that when the Philadelphia Eagles are down, when the Philadelphia Eagles are counted out, when people are looking past the Eagles and the Eagles play that underdog role, they put on some of the best work that they ever have in franchise history. So we will see you this Sunday. Mr. Gail Saunders, Eagle Sessions on Twitter. How are you doing this evening, superstar? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, anybody want an autograph around here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. Hey, hey, hey. Mr. Daily
0: News. Uh, but I'm feeling good, man. It's it's Dallas. It's Dallas week, man. I mean... You, you don't have to get up if you're not up for this week, you're not a fan if you're not up for this week you're not a a player uh that we want on the field at this moment uh you know Malcolm Jenkins talked about you know getting these w's it's been whatever it takes mm. uh whatever it takes means all hands on deck whatever it takes means all these coaches having their game plans uh follow them to the football field. It means from one to fifty three from Carson to a guy like Greg Ward stepping up in the last uh, seconds of a game, it means everyone contributing. It means if you can go, if you're, if you're injured, but well, you can go, and you can give it all you got, whatever it takes, man, because this is Dallas week. Uh, and, you know, Carson Wentz, whatever it takes, bro. I mean, you, you have an opportunity to solve this Dak first Wentz conversation yourself. You can do it in your own way. But also, whatever it takes, Eagle fans, uh, because at the end of the day, it takes a village. Uh, you you can do your part by showing up, getting loud, being proud. One one heartbeat, one team, one city. Uh, I mean, it's Dallas week, bro. I mean, it, it is Dallas. I mean, it, it's time to put up or shut up. When the NFC East. We talked about this situation in the beginning of the season, coming down between these two teams. And we're here. It's, yeah, it's ugly. It's been a, a, a long ride, very choppy, bumpy ride. But
1: at the end of the day, we are here, uh, and, and it's there for the taking. At, you have the, the viewing audience live on Facebook right now, live on YouTube, subscribing on iTunes, listening to this podcast in the car. You've been kind of on the journey with us all throughout the season. So you've seen the highs and the lows that we've gone through as fans sitting here. As fans talking through it, being frustrated, being happy, the ups and the downs that have been this season that have taken years off of our life, you have been here to view it, to listen to it, to see it in person. The Eagles beat the Cowboys. It doesn't matter what happened in the prior weeks. It doesn't. You beat the Cowboys, you win the NFC East. I don't care what happens in the playoffs moving forward. We might, might get smoked in the wild card round. doesn't matter. The Cowboys are sitting home, and you're in the playoffs, and they get to hear from us for the rest of the offseason. Kevin, how's it going, buddy? The blood is pumping. <laughs> <laughs> for those uh, of you who didn't know, this is Evan. Yes. Hollywood Hearn. Hey, thank, thanks Hi. for bringing
4: me on to the, uh, the podcast. Barbecue hey, Evan. You, you nice you, to be wrong. here. Nice to you're be a wrong.
1: new member. Like <laughs> now, now for, the, for the viewing audience right now, I just want to say that it is Evan Hearn yes. Appreciation Week. Wow. So if you see this dude at the tailgate, make sure you say, hello, Kevin. How are you doing? Good to see you. We enjoy you on the show. Don't call him new guy. Don't call him hey. You. you? I I like you when you do talk on the show. You're hi. What's his face? Like, don't pull a Brandon Graham when he says, Yeah, what's his face is missed the field goal. Don't do that. And give him a follow on Twitter because he's complaining to us that he does not have oh, enough Twitter fighting. You're complaining to put, us. Put some
4: respect At
1: Hollywood Hearn. Kiss the ring. Hashtag Evan Hearn Look it up Appreciation right Week.
4: But go ahead, Evan. <laughs> uh, I am doing fantastic. Dude, it's Dallas Week. There's no other week like it. And like, what? How how far we've come from the previous weeks, where like I, I was on the fence a few weeks ago when when all hope was lost. I was sitting here thinking I was like, do we really want to get into the playoffs? I was th- I was thinking long term. I was thinking about the, the postseason, about the draft. I was like, would it be better at this point? Would, like if we were to get into the playoffs, we're just gonna get pants in, in the wild card round. There is no question in my mind right now that I do I would rather see the Eagles in the postseason over the Dallas Cowboys. There's nothing better than bragging rights in this division because there's no fan base that I hate more than the Dallas Cowboys. And what, like, what's important about a good playoff run, about getting to the playoffs, is a hot, a hot team. Mm. And one of our most important player, our franchise quarterback, could not be more hot going into this game. I Albeit mean, he's had some fumbles here and there, he's he's had a little bit of butterfinger action going on, but. This dude turns it on in the fourth quarter and in overtime in the uh, in the Giants game. After, uh, after we lost to the Dolphins, there was a tweet that was put out, and it was asking, what do you need to see out of Carson Wentz in order to really believe in him? And my response was, a fourth quarter comeback. Since that, we've had two fourth quarter or overtime comebacks. Carson has completely turned it on at the right time of year, and, uh, like, it, 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 that Miami game is just ingrained in my mind because the, the one thing that really just got me angry And I hope got the rest of the players in the locker room angry Doug came out and said that Miami's team wanted it more uh, to win that game Let me tell you what if That kind of mentality exists going into Dallas week. That's not an eagle I want on this team you need to have your the blood pumping Frothing at the mouth. You, you need to just be angry. I want, my, I want my Eagles players to hate the Dallas Cowboys as much as I do. And I'm really thinking that uh, the energy that we got going on is going to result in an Eagles W this weekend. I, mean, I, I, like, I like
0: the energy from the younger guys, man. Like, last week I talked well, about... Well, it's my
4: first week here, so I need to bring the heat. Oh, <laughs>
0: not you, young guys. I'm talking about the practice squad, young guys. <laughs> but those guys brought the energy, and then you, you could tell that they wanted it more. Yeah. And they again, the second week in a row... They came up big when, the mat- when it mattered most. I mean, mm-hmm. Miles Sanders. Hats off to that dude. I mean, Greg he's Ward. explosive. I mean, Greg Ward and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, the Scott Hive is out there as well.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like what? What? I, the common thing I've seen is that I would rather have players that are hungry, young, hungry players that are fighting for a spot to be relevant, fighting for to be on this team and to to earn their spot like on this roster than. Guys that, you know, were just household names. I don't want to mention any. I don't want to throw any guys under the bus. But guys that we expected to play better than they are. And it's good to see that hunger. It's good to see that drive.
1: Because you are 100% absolutely correct. And I don't think Doug Peterson was lying when he made that quote. That the Dolphins simply wanted it more. You are in a position right now that you put yourself in that Dallas has put themselves in. And whether you like it or not, it's coming down, whether, you're, whether you have a winning record, a tied record, it is coming down to this week 16 matchup. And it's good to see that hunger. But besides that hunger, isn't it good to see, I don't know, a little bit of trust that Carson Wentz has in his young playmakers? Isn't it good to see that trust factor? You've got Miles Sanders running in the fourth quarter when you're trying to come from behind on third and 11. Because he trusts the check out of that play. He trusts that guy to make that play. He's going to Greg. Greg Ward had one of the best one drive, game-winning drive, as a wide receiver that I can remember in Philadelphia Eagles history. And you think about Carson Wentz and his chemistry with the wide receivers, whether it be Alshon Jeffrey, Alpha Jeffrey, who should be getting the ball, whether it's Nelson Aguilar losing it in the lights, Mm -hmm. whether it's J.J. not even getting a look, whether it's Jordan Matthews, Carson's now in a position where he's lofting it into the end zone and trusting his wide receiver Greg Ward to come down and make a play. By the way, can I just do a, a show of hands right now? Who's sick of talking about Carson Wentz in the clutch? The oh, clutching yeah, right now? that, that conversation's can over. Can we all get past this and agree that Carson Wentz is clutch? Now granted it was against the Redskins, granted uh-huh. it was against the New York Giants, but let's think back. Let's think back about it. Nelson Aguilar catches that ball in Atlanta. Isn't that clutch? Isn't that clutch, Carson Wentz, right there? Carson Wentz throws that ball and J.J. Ortega Whiteside comes down with it. Isn't that clutch against the Lions? Realistically, we shouldn't even be having this conversation. We shouldn't even be talking about it coming down to the Eagles and the Cowboys in Week 16. This thing should have been a wrap already. And we should have already known that Carson Wentz is clutch, yet here we are. It doesn't matter. You are in now in a position where they wanted it more is no longer a viable excuse. There's hunger there, there's drive there, there's clutchness there. Gail, I'm feeling pretty good about this matchup though.
0: I mean, it's, it's an opportunity to go to the play, playoffs. You know, you know, I've talked, I'm a big draft guy, I talk about getting that top 10 pick, but at the end of the day, it's like, when you get into the playoffs, all records are out the door. It's, you're in, you have an opportunity, you got a sh- chance, and I think, I mean, it, like, this would be the perfect opportunity to beat Dallas, go on and beat the, the Giants, and then, uh, you know, you, you got a little bragging rights for 365 days. You know, I mean, I feel good. I mean... But you're getting hot at the right time. Yeah. It's so important. And, and just like last week, uh, Carson once was talking about keep believing. And you can see that resonating with the players and in the locker room. Uh,
1: you know, like, I, I think they're, they're starting to believe. You know where else I see it? I see it on Gale's face right here, oh. on the back page of the Daily News. What's up, Rockstar? I see there is Gale Saunders soaking Jeez. in victory oh. right there, doing the backstroke, doing the backstroke in victory. And if you look, like, listen, this is Gale in all his glory. But I listen, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to becoming a diva about it because if you look closely. Where, where am I here? Right here. Hey, look at that elbow, bro. Yeah, well, Mike there's Wazowski. E, yeah, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> yo, the Reese's guy, Andrew, he said, yo, you totally got Mike Wazowski. You remember Monsters, Inc. when he was on the cover of the magazine and had the barcode cover in his face? There we are. e just got Mike Wazowski right there next to Gail, who's having the time of his life. Dude, shout out. We got to talk about it. Yeah. We got to talk about it. Shout out to Bud Light for hooking us up, not only with the field passes, but the dream seats. The entire ride down there, me, Trox, Gale, JT, we were talking about, man, we're sitting in the corner of the end zone. Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be fantastic? Wouldn't it be great if they scored a touchdown and jumped into the end zone? It's a
0: whole game, dude.
1: And And, and twice they scored on the right-hand side of the end zone. It was the opposite end zone. No worries. The Eagles are scoring touchdowns. We're feeling pretty good about it. And then they scored a touchdown in our end zone. It was the Greg Ward end, uh, touchdown to, to, to take the lead right there. Mm-hmm. But it was on the opposite sides of our end zone. But we're sticking around. We're, we're having fun. We're just enjoying this victory. We're having fun. We're s- soaking it in, if you will. And then I didn't even see the play. But all I see is Bradham rumbling, stumbling, fumbling. Oh, bumbling. <laughs> We're, we're just like, I, I look like Jack Nicholson in that gif where he's just smiling <laughs> and nodding. That's me going, come here, come here. Never before in my life, listen, in my 30 years of going to Eagles games, I've experienced a lot of cool things. In my 30 years of being an Eagles fan, I've got to experience covering the draft, having Fletcher Cox sit down at my laptop when he was drafted and do a live Skype interview with PhiladelphiaEagles.com. I've sat in the Novacare complex and... Michael Vick sits right next to me, and I got to keep it under control. Never before in my life have I ever experienced celebrating a win and having the team celebrate with you. That was the coolest, and maybe it was 20, 30 seconds, but it might have been the coolest 20, 30 seconds that I've ever had as a fan. Yeah. Like,
0: I'm a big moment guy, like living in the moment and kind of like just embracing it. Like, I had my phone up because I'm I'm hoping that – like, all right, this is not gonna happen. They're not gonna jump in the, it, it's not gonna happen. Five seconds left, fumble. I'm like, oh, my, I, got, I, I, got, I got my phone up. I'm like, he's coming. And I'm like, just drop the phone, just, just drop the talk phone. Talk about him or you? And then I'm like, let's go, let's go. And then, and just, just watching them jump right into our laps, dude. And like, sh- shout out to Dario, who also made the trip with us. Uh, <laughs> But he was my sacrificial lamb on that play, uh, on that
1: he, moment. He pushed. He, I gave, to, he gave him the bug. <laughs>
0: he threw a bug. Get out of here. I gave a little stiff arm <laughs> to get up. Um, but, dude, it was... I had to get to the top because I knew there was... Nigel Braddon was up there, and it was just crazy. And I'm grabbing his shoulder pad. I'm slapping him on the helmet. I'm like, slapping. dude, this... He's, this. In, he's in concussion I, protocol I was like, maybe, maybe, maybe he was. has a concussion, dude. But it, I'm telling you, like, for... That was definitely a moment, like, for every fan.
1: Brad, Bradham jumps up. I'm like, I can't even believe what's happening right now. Next thing, Brandon Graham's in front of me. I'm, I'm just screaming, you did it! I'm slapping him on the helmet. Razul Douglas is now in my lap. Uh, it was like, you know what it was? It's been a long time since I've been in the mosh pit, bro. <laughs> But it was fans pushing this way. It was players pushing this way. Fletcher Cox comes off the top Gable. rope, dude.
4: Dude, almost <laughs> dude. collapsed the wall. I got hit
1: in the face, dude. Like he 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 pushed the G-
0: whole, whole <sighs> pile back. <laughs> whole we go, we got talking. up and whoa. Well,
1: G- Gail, well, Gail, coming in here. I was in here a little earlier than you, and Spence told me that he had exclusive NBC footage of the uh, Chief, post-game celebration. G-14 classified information. This, this is classified, never before seen. I haven't even seen it, so I don't even know what this looks like. So Spence, if you will, go ahead and roll the NBC angle on this, uh, on this celebration.
4: <laughs> they <With> celebration <Croft. laughs> Oh, <laughs>
0: back
1: exactly. up yeah,
0: there's DC wow. now. <laughs> wow,
1: bro. Yeah, we we're dapping up Dallas. We we're dapping up Sydney. We we're dapping up Avante. I just go. Can I get that? Will NBC allow me to have this? The lost tapes. The lost tapes. Dude, this is this is like peak Eagles fandom right here. Never before in my life, and probably never again will I ever. Get to celebrate like this in the way that we did. <laughs> Look at
2: that. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Oh
1: Moment my of a God. Yeah, right there. Yo, can we print that one? We got to get that one printed out. Look at the stri- oh my God. What is this? Yeah. Oh my God. All right. All right. So, for those of you listening, um, for those of you why all right, we already spoiled it. So, we had um, many of you fondly remember Straw Happening, which a couple years ago we found on the street in a post-game interview and he took he took social media but like he was a social media sensation well i honestly forget how this guy found me or i found him but i found a dude doing a spot-on macho man impression oh yeah and i started calling him eagles macho man And he did a video for us, and people absolutely went wild. Well, we invited him down to NBC Sports Philadelphia to cut a little bit of a promo for this upcoming matchup. Spence, why don't you, since since they already saw me in a mustache, why don't you go ahead and roll it? (laughs) What's up, football fans? This is Mean Green Okerland, And this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Lincoln Financial Field, 425. The Dallas Cowboys travel up to face the Philadelphia Eagles in what will be the battle for the NFC East. Championship and right now we are joined by the Eagles Macho
2: Man himself. Huge matchup. What's gonna happen this Sunday, Macho? Homie Green, let me tell you something. Right here, okay. <laughs> you may unknowingly believe that I'm in a position that I don't wanna be in, but oh no, 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 no. We gotta reload. Them. The kennel girls are coming to the bird's nest, baby. Oh, and guess who's leading the back? You got old bones, Jerry Jones. Oh, man. I can't wait to see that Crip Keeper's old ugly, ugly face. Up in the box, baby. He's gonna see that L. Right in person. Oh, yeah. MCs, baby. Let's go. Cool. What about that, green?
1: Well, I, I love it, but does the mad clapper, Jason Garrett, worry you at all?
2: Oh, Jason Garrett. Oh man, I hate that guy. You know what? I got a good analogy from Mr. Garrett on oh, not a minute. Oh,
1: you do? What? What do you? What do you got there, Macho Man? What do you got there, Mean Green? What does this look like right here? Huh? Huh? That looks like a, a, a trash bag.
2: Oh yeah, what do we got here, Mean Green? That
1: right there is
2: a tomato. That's wrong, Mean Green. Oh, this is Jason Garrett's little ginger head. Oh, I can't stand that punk. You know what's gonna happen come Sunday? What's that? Oh, man, he's gonna go in the garbage. He's gonna get the hell out of town. And the NFC East is gonna be all fly eagles flying, baby. You hear me right now, i Well,
1: what, what about Carson Wentz? For the last two weeks, Carson Wentz, the ginger Jesus, has brought us back from behind to win those games. Is he going to be able to do it again, Macho? Oh,
2: Mr. Wentz. Oh, man, I've been talking about him to my friends, family, cousins, everybody for the past couple of weeks. Oh, man, and let me tell you this. This guy is another animal right now. Fourth quarter, every game coming down to it. He delivers in the clutch. And this weekend, baby, he's bringing the championship home. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen, Mr. Wentz, Bronco Buck. That's all I gotta say.
1: Well, you heard it straight from Eagles Macho Man. Be there this Sunday for the showdown of the NFC East when the Eagles take on the Cowboys. Fly, Eagles, fly.
2: Oh yeah.
1: This. <laughs> <laughs> This is an absolutely ridiculous podcast, my, isn't it? My stash. This, this, you know, listen, I had to grow it out real quick and then take it off real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this is ridiculous. This is such a ridiculous show. That was brought to you by our friend Jim Budo, Right? I'm going to send that right, Budow? Give him a follow, budoful 22 on Instagram. For as long as his seasons last, he is going to be giving us that Eagles Macho Man content. Uh, Gail, they announced the Pro Bowlers uh, just before you came. Did you uh, do you want to take any guesses on who the Eagles Pro Bowlers are for two thousand
0: nineteen? Off the cuff, Zach Ertz.
1: Zach Ertz is correct. Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey, are you cheating? Jason no. Kelsey is correct. Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks, correct.
0: Uh. Fletcher Cox.
1: Fletcher Cox is correct. One Last more. One. one more. One more.
0: Hmm.
1: Malcolm, Jacobs, nope. Rick Lovato. Rick Lovato, the long snapper, wow. first long wow, snapper wow. Uh, wow. to make it since our boy wow. John. Wow. D- <laughs> wow, bro! Wow, bro! Johnson got oh god. A little bit, man. There's some snub that Malcolm Jenkins got. Uh, Lane Johnson got got, a, got a little bit of a snub there. I would think, right? You agree, right, Prime? Absolutely. A little bit of a stuff. But listen, the Pro Bowl is the Pro Bowl. I mean, the players don't take this thing seriously anymore. They, I, Honestly, I think they should just get rid of the Pro Bowl, replace it. I really like what the NFL has done with the NFL honors. Like, I think that's a good show. They should kind of just announce the top players in it. Because these last? The la- Gail, when's the last time you actually watched I don't. I don't watch the Pro the Bowl. Pro Bowl? I when's the watched, last time?
0: Probably in 15 years. You haven't watched the Pro Bowl in 15 years? It's not football, dude. I know it's not football. It's no longer they're playing free. patty kick. It's I, mean, a, it's, 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 I think they, I think the you know they have risk of injury out there playing the way they're playing. It's, it's just not. To me, it's not real.
1: It's not real football, not at all. And back in the day, man, the Pro Bowl was like you got an extra as a player at your top position. You got an extra like five thousand dollars, which back in the day was a big deal. NFC, <laughs> AFC, like getting paid. Remember, Chuck Bennerick had to sell concrete in the off season. Right? These guys didn't get paid what they're getting paid now. They didn't have to worry about injuries mm-hmm. the way they worry about injuries now. So they used to get like an extra $5,000 uh, check if they won the game. So these dudes used to take this Pro Bowl real seriously. Yeah, They, they just don't do it anymore. I wish they would just give it. Different time. They, it certainly is a different time. So with this matchup with the Dallas Cowboys, obviously they swept us last year. They spanked us when we went down to Jerry World. I want to talk about like a couple... Keys to victory. How did they – because we all feel the momentum, the fourth quarter, the trust, the drive, the hunger. But then it's one thing to feel it. How do you translate that to the football field and actually win this game against what is arguably a more talented Dallas Cowboys
0: team? I mean, I, they just have to come together. But, you know, they have to make plays. And they, and they cannot make mistakes, you know. Week after week, you've seen them make, you know. It's I I said death, taxes, and and a Jason Peters false start. (laughs) There are moments that you always expect from some of the players on this roster. Uh, Whether it's a hold here, it's a a pass interference. They've collectively they've got to come together and not make mistakes. Um, The coach coaches have to put them in a a position to succeed. Um, But stopping Zeke is number one, numero uno for me. Like Zeke is. I mean, last the last time they played the, the Cowboys when he trucked Malcolm Jenkins, it was like a statement. Yeah. I mean, your captain is getting trucked. Yeah. And after, after that, he ran all over the Eagles. And I, I think, you know, as hard as it is, you shut down – I'm not saying shut down Zeke, but contain uh, Zeke.
4: It, it, it.
1: You are 100% correct. And when Zeke got hot and Malcolm got trucked, you saw that kind of resonate with the rest of of the Dallas Cowboys team, because remember, Dak Prescott trucked one like mm. it was fourth and one, and he scrambled for something like Oh, dude. seven yards. Seven yards, which was, it was completely un- and you could see that entire Eagles defense become deflated yeah. and just they, it was body blow, body blow, body blow with Zeke, and it took its toll on this defense. Give me, give, give me, gonna, some, uh, I'm, uh, I'm I've, I've got,
4: got, I've got a different game plan. A lot, I feel like a lot of people are saying that we got to shut down the run game. The one thing that I went back and I looked at. Uh, there are four games this entire season that the Eagles defense has held an opposing individual receiver to under 100 yards. Those four games are the Jets, the Bears, the Pats, and the Seahawks. We've got two wins, and we've got two L's in those games. In all four of those games, the, uh, the opposing team has been held to 17 points or fewer. I feel like if we can hold Amari Cooper to less than 100 yards, all the other receivers to less than 100 yards, and Carson can put three touchdowns on the board, well, the Put the offense could put three touchdowns on the board. I feel like we got a good shot at winning
0: this game. Yeah, I mean, shut down Amari is huge. I mean, it is so you, is shutting down Z. You, you think about Darby's like dude, last time I tried to cover him like last year he, I tore my ACL. I mean, it's 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 going to be tough. I mean, McLaurin went off last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amari Cooper, uh, a phenomenal route runner, uh, knows how to get separation. Is he healthy though? It's a, it's a question. You know, he's been banged up over the yeah. last couple of weeks. But yeah, I mean, stopping Amari would be nice.
1: But here's the thing, teams have been stopping Amari a little bit in recent past weeks. two weeks. The past two weeks. So in the beginning of the season, like you could tell that this team was missing Cole Beasley. They were doubling Amari Cooper. Jason Witten just simply isn't the receiver that he was. You know, catching it as a tight end coming out of the Monday Night Football booth. The the Michael Gallup has kind of emerged yeah. mm-hmm. as a, a legitimate number two. Opposite Amari Cooper to the point where if you're shutting down Amari, there are other options for Dak Prescott to now throw the ball to. Like this offense right now coming in is number one in the NFL in yards per game, number two in the NFL in scoring, number one in passing, and I believe number six in rushing. This is a potent offense. This is a real potent offense. So So here are my... Keys to victory. This is how, for all the marbles, with everything on the line, no more excuses about they wanted it more, here's how you beat the Dallas Cowboys. Number one, if you lose the turnover battle, you lose the game. Straight up, bro. It's no more mistake football. You have to play mistake-free football. Right now, the Philadelphia Eagles have a negative 6 in turnover ratio. We have enough of a sample size of this season to know exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles are. They are a 7-and-7, 500-ball club who has trouble taking the ball away. You saw evidence of that against the Washington Redskins. We can't buy ourselves an interception worth a damn. And we keep fumbling the ball, fumbling the ball, fumbling the ball. It's a negative 6 turnover ratio for the Philadelphia Eagles. You take a look at other playoff teams around the NFL. Patriots, plus 24. Ridiculous. Packers, plus 14. Seahawks, plus 13. Saints, plus 11. Negative six isn't going to get it done against an arguably more talented Dallas Cowboys team. When the Eagles and the Cowboys played in week seven, the Eagles, right out of the shoot, as soon as they got the ball, turned over the ball twice. What Dallas Goddard caught a first down, fumbled it, and then Wentz got sacked, for a fumble, fumbled it, and before you could even blink, with just about 9 minutes left to go in the first quarter, the Eagles were down 14-0. And we've seen this. We've seen this t- same type of football against the Washington Redskins. We've seen the same type of football against the New York Giants. Simply put, you can't play that brand of football against the Dallas Cowboys and expect to win this thing. Yeah. You can't do it. It's mistake-free football time. No turnovers. Carson, two hands on the ball. Two hands on the ball at all times. Seven losses this year. It, it yeah. is a ridiculous stat. Um, penalty, and, and that When I say mistake-free football and I'm talking about turnovers, I'm also talking about penalties, especially on defense. The Eagles' defense is the second most penalized defense in the NFL. Ninth most yards. 891 yards they have given up in defensive penalties. Those are drives that keep the offense on the field. A lot of those, you remember Gail, they come on third down. Mm -hmm. They keep the defense on the field. The defense gets tired. They start giving up points. And before you know it, this team is not built. Just doesn't have the receivers. They're not built to come from behind. The second thing that the Philadelphia Eagles need to do in order to beat the Dallas Cowboys, translating hunger and drive and no more excuses into actual football play, Jim Schwartz has got to call the game of the season. I mean, I'll give Jim Schwartz a lot of credit, and I'll also give Jim Schwartz a lot of blame for some of the games that have happened this season. Do you remember early on in the season, he was playing his brand of defense? Just sticks, inverse Tampa 2. You know, what I mean, playing off a lot of zone coverage, free releases. not free releases, not yeah. disguising the look, not blitzing a lot. And as the season went on, based around his personnel, he started adapting his defense to what he saw on the field. This has been both a both a benefit and a problem, because you take a look once again. I'll, I'll reflect back on that Redskins game. You know, we wanted the bl- Jim. You got or, or Schwartz. You got to blitz more. You got to blitz more. You got to be more like Jim Johnson. You got to blitz more. He's blitzed, and, dude, he's gotten torched. That first long touchdown, that was a blitz, bro. Yeah. That was man-to-man. You are trusting your corners on an island. Avante blew that one, though. Avante blew nice. that one. Didn't get to the middle of the field in time. So Jim Schwartz at times has called the right defense, the right play, the right blitz at the right time, and occasionally it's absolutely torched this Eagles defense. Jim Schwartz... I understand the offense can sometimes struggle. I understand the shortcomings of this Philadelphia Eagles offense. Just like he said in his press conference today, it has to be complementary football. You have to be able to get the opposing offense off the field. You have to rattle them. You have to get the ball back in Carson Wentz's hands. And he got to make it happen. I don't know when to go man versus zone, when the blitz, not the blitz. But he needs to figure it out. And for the love of God, if I'm gonna sh- like this, Dallas Cowboys offense is potent. But if I'm shutting down one guy, if I'm looking at one guy and saying that dude is the problem, that's the dude you need to shut down. It's Zeke. Yeah. It's gotta be Zeke. I mean, I mean, am I right, Gil?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they they got to step up. I mean. At the beginning of the season they were sound against the run they're, they're i think they're 11th this year uh at this point moment in time against the rush um but like he, he's got to do something to contain you know like every week it's a, it's a big shot play that they give up mm-hmm. they don't give up like a 20 15. it's like an 80 yard like a 70 yard play it's like those are the kind of plays that really after at after a while you're like you got you got to do something you know contain cut down the big plays um But he's got to definitely do his best job this week. Like, whatever it takes, man.
4: Yeah.
1: And this Eagles defense doesn't do anything particularly outstanding or or well, I should say. They are 11th in yards per game. They're 18th versus the pass. uh, They're giving up 23.4 points per game. They're third versus the run. So they're still holding opposing running backs to the third best average in the NFL as far as rush defense goes. But I'll, listen, when Ezekiel Elliott gets his 20, ca- 20 carries and he rushes for 100 yards, that guy is, is, is potent. Cowboys won two times with Zeke under 20 touches and under 100 yards. They lost only once when, uh, when, he ha- when he had more than that, and that was kind of that Jets anomaly. The key to success for the Dallas Cowboys is doing that stupid Zeke thing and feeding Zeke. They, if Zeke gets his 20-plus carries and his 100 yards, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a long day. You, once again, take a look back at that Week 7 matchup against the Eagles. Zeke had 22 carries for 111 yards, and he was trucking dudes. And that, that Zeke, that running by Ezekiel Elliott— carried the momentum, kind of carried that swag into the rest of the Dallas Cowboys offense. You can even look at it from the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles season when they got swept by the Dallas Cowboys. First matchup, Zeke had 19 carries, 151 yards, and a touchdown. And while that second matchup, that image of Razul Douglas, the ball bouncing off of his hands and going into Amari Cooper's hands, to win the game, to ice the game on that final drive, that is ingrained in our head. Let us not forget, Zeke had 28 carries, 113 yards, and Dallas held the ball for over 45 minutes. Let me tell you something, if you let Zeke come out the weeds swinging like that, and being able to grab chunk plays and hold on to the ball, this Eagles offense is not going to be able to play catch-up. So you need to play mistake-free football. Jim Schwartz needs to call the the game of his life. You need to shut down Zeke. And for the love of God, my third thing, my final thing, is you need to protect Carson Wentz. Listen, if anything, and, and I'm saying that physically and mentally, right? Because when you protect Carson Wentz, the quarterback, he's a, he has a better chance of scanning the field. He's not focusing on only half the field. But he's got that – Gale, what is up with the fumbles, man?
0: I mean, he, he's got to put that left hand on the ball. Like, it, it's, it's about protecting the football. Um, if you go back and see the plays where his, his hand placement is, you know, when, when the heat comes, he's like – he's got the ball out there. I yeah. mean, you got to get two hands on the football, and that's got to be number one, number one, like awareness like where he's at on the field mm-hmm. um, and it's for some for some reason he comes out and makes like these brilliant plays he feels the presence and then in certain situations he's like doesn't have a clue where the ball's at but I mean he did he did uh, roll out on that, that that play where he threw the bootleg and threw that that, that that amazing pass that laser Miles
4: Sanders
0: I mean it, it's around. crazy though
1: I, f- I feel like Carson's fumbling problems are like a a, a four tiered issue. Follow me on this one. It's like a four tiered issue. One of which is out of Carson's control. Three of which are in Carson's control. One of which I'm not even sure at this point you can even fix. Number one is the play along the offensive line. Obviously you're missing your right tackle Lane Johnson. At times you've missed Brandon Brooks. At times, you've missed Lane Johnson. At times, you've had your rookie starting at right tackle. At times, Big V has been in there. So there, at times, Carson Wentz simply hasn't had the opportunity to get rid of the ball. He's had a dude in his face and strip sack, and that kind of stuff happens. That happened uh, in his fumble the first time the Eagles played the Cowboys when Lane Johnson led up that sack, right? Mm-hmm. And Demarcus Lawrence comes around the edge. The dude never even saw it coming. That's, on, that's not on Carson, dude. That's on Lane Johnson. The uh, the next layer of Carson Wentz's like fumbles issues is his his like his field vision. We've all seen Carson Wentz make highlight plays ducking defenders. But it's almost like when he has a like 160 view in front of him. If he sees the defender coming, he's going to duck it. He's going to move it. We saw it in Jacksonville when he did that duck under the Jacksonville defender. We saw it uh, you know roll it out when he hit Miles Sanders for that miraculous play, hit I, I still don't know how that ball got delivered to the corner of the end zone. We saw it against the New York Giants, but it's almost like if that if Carson Wentz doesn't see a dude out of his perist, he doesn't see him at all. Like pocket awareness, I'm not sure that Carson Wentz has the type of pocket awareness where he can feel pressure around him. So protect Carson Wentz because he's just not feeling the. There was examples, and we showed it. We showed it on a baldy breakdown. We're going to show another baldy breakdown uh, where, you know, the the right tackle, Diller got, when he was playing right tackle, got completely blown up, and Carson Wentz just didn't even see it out of his peripheral vision, yeah. and the dude strip sacks him. I, I mean, I think
0: this week, out of all weeks, Demarcus Lawrence versus Big V is it's paramount that we get some kind of protection on that side because, I mean, you know, he's going to be coming off the edge, and he's going to be – fired up because he, he no Lane Johnson.
4: Yeah.
0: Big V. I mean he's looking at big V like a big Mac. I mean he, it, yeah. like <laughs> it's, it, they gotta chip him. Um they have to, you know, twelve run eight. at him. Um I, I think it I mean it's gonna be interesting to see what they what they game plan for this.
1: And then and the next one, the next layer is like just just football one oh one like John Gruden, be a two handed monster. Just hold on to the ball with two hands. Like, whether you're scanning the field, whether you're rolling out, just hold on to the—this is like football one— Carson, this is on you. If you get strip-sacked and you're not holding on to the ball with two hands, dude, that is on you. Hold on to the ball with two hands. And the next one is just the receivers. Kind of eyeballing the receivers. He doesn't look off any receivers to the point where he has to hesitate. And that hesitation will oftentimes get him sacked, fumbled. And when I say protect Carson Wentz is my third key to victory, I'm not saying just protect Carson Wentz is like, Physically, I'm saying protect Carson Wentz, metaphorically as well, with the game plan against the Washington Redskins. The ball was moving because they were working that screen game, dude. They were playing. Was amazing. Yeah, which is amazing. Whether it be the tight end screens, the running back screens, the work in the screen game, it's a high percentage completion where you trust the playmaker to make the play. You get the ball out of the hand of the quarterback quickly. You almost disguise it in a way where the defense needs to detect it, and if they don't detect it early, you are going to get some sort of chunk play. Spence, cue up that baldy breakdown because I want to show you something. When I say protecting Carson Wentz, not only physically but metaphorically, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about breaking tendencies. I'm talking about running running the ball where Carson normally throws the ball so you're setting him up for success. Breaking tendencies in the offensive game plan. Why don't you go ahead and roll that clip there.
3: Amazing. 11 for 16 on third down on Sunday. But on four of the third downs, they ran for it. Now, this was a Carson scramble. But they need to get Carson involved in the run game more. He's good at it. He's great at it. They pick up the first down there. Now, on third and seven, Carson checks to a run against this look. He sees both safeties back. He says, all right, I'm going to give it to Miles Sanders on third and seven. That is not a high probability of run. And they run a draw. And he catch the Redskins in a stunt, and he just runs away from Manny Collins. Nice. I mean, you can see his burst that he has. How about Boston Scott on third and two? Even this is not a big probability. Now, on this play, you run read option. And they're not going to block Nate Orchard because they're going to option him. The offensive line, in charge of blocking the five most dangerous men, and they do that. But what you like about Boston Scott is his quickness. To the hole. No hesitation. He just hits it. All they need is three, and he picked up three. And the Eagles keep marching. And then the big play of the game. Down in the fourth quarter to the Redskins. Redskins come with a zero blitz. Bostic is gonna be dicking around here. He's gonna come on the outside with Copeland. They're gonna catch him in an overload blitz. And Miles Sanders runs away from him for 56 yards. Huge play. They catch him in zero coverage. But that's third and 11, third and 11 in the fourth quarter. They're handing it off here. They catch him. It's the perfect play on third and 11. The overload blitz and Sanders just has the step. And then he gets on the moving sidewalk and he's gone. 56 yards. Biggest play of the day for the Eagles. Flips field position. Put him in position to go take the lead, win the game four times on third downs they ran the ball with success that's a tendency breaker right there the cowboys will be looking at that all week long well what do you
1: know running the ball in the fourth quarter coming from behind who would have ever thought <laughs> i was told twitter told me that the eagles run the ball when when they're running the ball because they run the ball when they're winning here's an example of the eagles self-scouting Breaking tendencies, using the run to catch the defense off guard. Carson Wentz trusting his playmakers to make a play. And I swear to God, I will defend and die on this hill. The Eagles have to dedicate themselves to the run game if they want to beat the Dallas Cowboys.
0: But also even Miles Sanders, like sticking to your strengths. We've been talking about guys who, uh, you know, like Miles Sanders, who's one of the most explosive players on this team. He's got the most explosive plays on this team. Mm -hmm. A couple weeks ago, you know, you're you're asking, where's Miles Sanders? Why are they going away from Miles Sanders? And and you're looking at a young guy who's not just, you know, an NFL runner. he's, He's developing right in front of your eyes and putting the team on his back, though. I mean, that's inspiring to me to watch him play last week.
1: There's a lot of things that have plagued the Philadelphia Eagles this season. One has been injuries. Can't do anything about that. Next man up mentality should sound familiar, it won you a Super Bowl. Mistakes, penalties that either kill drives or keep drives alive. To beat the Dallas Cowboys in week 16 and therefore win the NFC East and therefore go to the playoffs and send the Cowboys home, you need to cut down those penalties and play mistake-free football. Turnovers, negative six turnover ratio. Need to play mistake-free football and not turn the ball over because this this Dallas Cowboys team is potent enough, they're talented enough, they're deadly enough to beat you straight up on their own. Don't do that hockey and give them an, ex- an assist and think you're going to earn yourself a point. doesn't work like that. Don't beat yourselves. Let the Dallas Cowboys beat you if they have to, but do not beat yourself. Jim Schwartz needs to call. The game of a game of the season. I don't know when the blitz, when not the blitz. I can't tell you. That's your job. I don't know when to play zone or when to play man. I can't tell you. That's your job. But letting one slip away or wanting to revet, you know, you've heard Jim Schwartz in the press conference, dude. That you, you're out of time. You've done a lot of things good. You've done a lot of things lousy. You need to call the defensive game plan of the season, and you need to stop Ezekiel Elliott if you have any chance of winning this game. And you have to protect Carson Wentz. Both in the pocket and with Doug Peterson's play calling, trust your playmakers, rely on your playmakers. When Doug says, let the offense come to you, this is exactly what he's talking about. Trusting your playmakers, those young guys that are hungry and the want to go out there and make a play to win the game. Gail, give me a prediction. How do you see this game on Sunday going down?
0: To come down to the fourth quarter, I think, uh, you know, I think Carson Wentz is probably going to have his, I, I'm not going to say breakout, but his, his his moment, you know, I I think this is kind of, this is the kind of win you build off for his career, like, uh, you know, we're, we're the underdogs, and this is exactly where I want this Eagles team to be, I want them to be doubted by everybody, I want them to be doubted by all the analysts, I, I, I want them to earn this win in front of their own home in front of their home uh hometown.
4: Evan, how do you see this game turning out? Give me a prediction. I see uh I see Jim Schwartz dialing up the right game plan. I see him containing Zeke Elliott. I see him stopping Amari Cooper. I see Carson keeping the train rolling. I see a 24 to 17 victory. Prime,
1: give me a uh prediction here. What do you think, man?
3: Um I see Carson uh coming strong in that second half. I think the first half, we you know, we're going to really uh get the Worst side of it, and then the second half we're gonna go. Ahead, he's gonna go ahead and shine, so I see them pulling it off. Uh, I like that score, twenty-four seventeen, as well. Trox,
0: nail biter, Elliott field goal to win the game. I'll take it. Let's go to the playoffs.
3: Ben, my first prediction is for Gale to change his Instagram and Twitter. Avatar to that picture we all seen earlier. Yeah, oh, right, right, where is that? That should have been done already.
0: Oh, my, my header is actually changed.
3: Man, no, no, the avatar. Oh, yeah. Dang it. All right, so prediction for the game. You know what? I'm just gonna go out there. I got a 44-41 nail biter. Whoa. Yeah, I'm going all in. Shootout. Yeah, I'm going to shootout, nail biter, back. end of the game. Um, I don't feel confident picking either team, so I'm going to just say it's a 44-41 nail biter. Okay. With no you team not gonna, you're not going to pick the birds? Do I got to put money on it? Do no, I, you ain't my job, no it. I don't got to put anything on it. Money on you the to all the Eagles fans. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, the birds. Don't <laughs> like my car or anything. I'm not. Yeah, you know, Spence, take the mic for me before I say something stupid. Oh, he's yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: he, he wearing blue right now, so.
3: oh <laughs> oh They both oh,
0: on, free. Man. It's NBC
3: Sports <laughs> swag.
2: I'm also wearing blue, and I hate it. 17-13 um, birds. Carson late. Too big. uh It's just your home underdogs. That's
1: all I got to say. Masks out. Are they going to bring the masks out? Fans? No. No, It's gone. Please don't
4: bring it. Is the
1: underdog. I'm 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 asking for predictions. I'm asking for what's going to happen. I got to be honest, guys. I'm not feeling a lot of juice. I'm feeling a lot of reservation. I'm feeling a lot of hesitation. I'm not feeling a lot of excitement. I'm not feeling a lot of anger. It comes down to week 16. This is for all the marbles. This is when it happens. This is when the Philadelphia Eagles have to prove themselves. This is when they learn from their mistakes, they get off their asses, and they prove to the NFL world that they are capable of making the playoffs. This is when they start to resemble the team that won the 2017 Super Bowl. This is when it all comes together. Excuses be damned. No more. No more mistakes. No more excuses. And they go out and prove it against a team that's been looking down their nose at you the entire season. A team that's been at the top of the NFC East that's about to blow it. This is when you prove to the NFL world that you are better than these Dallas Cowboys. You prove it in front of the fans. You prove it in front of a national televised audience. And the Eagles win it. 30-21. to 21. Philadelphia Eagles win. Philadelphia Eagles win. You got to, Gale, I am trying my best right now to speak it into existence. I am trying to take a page out of the the Gail Saunders playbook and speak it into existence from the hills, man. You got to be with me on this. One. I mean, yeah, you got
0: to believe. That I mean, strategy, at this point, see, at this point of the season, <laughs> and after the last couple of weeks, you you've seen the team believing. Um, you know, coming off three L's in a row. Now it's two back to back wins in, in fourth quarter overtime. You just gotta feel that Carson Wentz has got that rhythm. I mean, it it couldn't be a better situation. Like, I mean, for Carson Wentz, like this is, this is, this is the game, dog. This is the game. This is the game. I mean, you got an opportunity to like shut everybody up, but other than that, just get your team on
1: track to the playoffs. We wanted it. To come down the week 16. This is what it's about. This is what we were asking for. 4.30 at the
0: link on Sunday. 4.30
1: at the link on a Sunday. The Dallas Cowboys. The tailgate. Like, forget everything that happened. It comes down to this game. You win. You send the Cowboys packing. This is what it's all about, Eagles fans. Gotta believe. You gotta believe. Let's knock out some Twitter questions before we get on out
4: of here. All right, our friends from across the pond, British Eagles, they want to know, rank the players you touched during the celebration in order of, <laughs> <laughs> holy crap, I cannot believe this is happening, to pretty cool.
1: <laughs> uh, got in close on Bradham. I touched Bradham. I, Brandon Graham's touch camera. jock up. straps. <laughs> I didn't touch any jock straps. Shut up. Uh, Fletcher
0: punched me in the face.
1: Yes. Oh, yes. Which was awesome. He which said, thank it? you, sir. I tried, can I, I, I have I was like, another? how did
0: they get knocked off the pile? Then after I watched the video, I'm like, Fletcher. <laughs> Hit me in the face.
1: Dapped up Dallas Goddard. Sidney Jones was there. I was like, yo, what's up, bro?
0: I touched Dallas Goddard. Razul
1: Douglas was there. Riley. 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 I don't even know how to do that. Riley. Yeah. Duke Riley? Duke
0: Riley. The other Riley. No, not the other. No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 Duke Riley. Duke Riley. Duke Riley was there. Um yeah, to Nate
0: Gary for saving my fall. Nate Gary.
1: Uh, um, Jake Jake Out. Elliot was there. It was just. It was such a. It was a mosh pit. You
0: know I mean, uh, it was
1: an absolute. Fans pushing you from behind. The players pushing you from the front. Dude, it was a mosh
0: know, I, of I, I touched Devontae the in there in the in the back.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's these. Yeah. that was
0: pretty cool. That
1: was pretty cool. That was absolutely <laughs> awesome. What's uh What's the next question?
4: Um. DJ Birdman, Mister Baseball Bat, wants to know if you have to sacrifice something you love for the Eagles to get into the playoffs. So what would it be?
1: Oh wow! Oh, sacrifice something, something I that love? I love. If you like your love? What? Like, you know, like... No, I'm not sacrificing oh, I, I, I the wife. You I'm, would? If yeah, I, you're not if married. I'm, That's why. If I That's was, why. I would. <laughs> this guy. Uh, yeah, they have.
0: That. What would I sacrifice? For, for win this game.
1: Sacrifice yeah. his laptop for falling off. Mines
3: up. is watching. <laughs> I would. Yeah, yeah, okay. Mines is watching. I would. You're Ooh. a brave man,
1: Brian. Ooh. Good luck going home. Ooh. I only love my bed and my mama. I'm sorry. So I'll I, I give up my, my, my bed. I sacrifice my bed.
0: I'll I, I give up my uh, video games.
4: Th- thanks for digging deep, Gail. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank Gale's you for your sacrifice. Yeah, no one sneakers, has ever sounded so shallow on I'm not audio giving, before. I'm not, giving up, I'm not giving up my sneakers. Kevin, would you change <laughs> uh, You're
1: not giving up your spe- sneakers uh, for the uh, Philadelphia everybody, Eagles?
0: Everybody knows I'm, I'm a gamer, so, like, giving up my. my would video you become games an, an E be Rock
4: flip flop guy for a year? Wearing
0: chunky No. I'm not wearing chunky Kevin, would you change your name?
4: I would change it to Evan. I think it's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, there
1: you go. What's the next question?
4: Uh, Justin games. from SWP wants to know, if Nelly is able to play, do you bench him this Sunday? Nah.
1: Who? Nah, you let nah. him know. All hands on deck. All hands all on deck. Hands this, on is deck. Is the, this is the one. Whether, Whether they're broke they're or not. Oh. Yo, if Nelly them. plays, though, and he's throwing at the ward more, I mean, we talk about this, we, we kind of theorize about this trust thing over and over and over again, like, does Carson just not trust some receivers? That's why he's not targeting them. If he's throwing it to Greg Ward more than he is throwing it to Nelson Aguilar and he's starting on the outside, that trust thing is 100% completely legit.
0: And it, 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 about this, it. this is a total Captain save bro moment for us. Like, save us, bro. Like, If you're healthy, you can go. Just, You can rewrite the story of what transpired early in the season by coming up with a big game.
1: Is this the week that Doug finally breaks out Greg Ward throwing a pass? Oh, oh, I like
0: that Spence. one. The it has been—it's been deep Spence. all week was, or all year. He was the highest, been hopeful too. Man. Yeah, that dude, like that dude balled deep. out at Houston. Balled out. Balled
1: I mean, he, Doug. Doug was every once in a while. Doug in a press conference will make me raise an eyebrow by That's one of a his good answers.
0: One. That, is, that is a good one.
1: Because he was like, somebody asked him about the, you know, what about the creativity in the offense? And he goes, you know, you have to, you have to kind of weigh being creative in the offense against. Throwing too much stuff, especially at these young guys, these new guys, and staying creative within the, within the offense that's currently structured. And when Baldy broke that down, I think that's what he was talking about, sort of self-scouting and realizing running on third down was going to be a good look because they don't see it coming. But you might have oh, – gail said all hands on deck, dude. You might have to throw to kitchen sink. You might have to get super creative to beat this Cowboys team. And I'm not talking like Philly special. I'm talking like 50-yard bomb. Really?
2: Like screen pass yeah, whoever I like else.
1: It. I like it. Hey, if he do it, yo, we're gonna we're gonna be like, yo, that's the Spence play. <laughs> there it was. There was the Spence, the Spence play. Special. Hey,
0: an update on Aguilar. He uh he's not been cleared for contact. He has hasn't practiced in two weeks, and he said he was in a stalemate when asked about his progress last week. So nice
1: knowing you, knowing <laughs> Moving on. No, moving on. Next Twitter. Give me for... another Twitter question. For... Well, we uh
4: while we were going on during the show, Lane Johnson. Put out on Twitter saying no right tackle love NFL. You'll see thoughts on uh, on Lane feeling like he got snubbed.
0: I, I, I like I like that he got snubbed because uh, I just I like I like that he's hungry. Like that makes him more fired up to actually. I mean, there. there. Guess
1: he can't have any fun in no. the Pro Bowl.
0: No fun. This <laughs> no fun league right now.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen. Whatever motivates the guy motivates the guy. Uh, Lane is sometimes guilty for a little bit too much talky. You know, more on the field. We are obviously weaker without him. So whatever motivates him to get back on the field and start performing at a high level that we know he can perform at, he's one of the he's, top right tackles. He's day league. to day. He's day to day. We, you know what?
0: It <laughs> looks sad to him him in a walking boot on the it field. It did do yeah. you know, on pregame. Sad,
1: it was killing
4: him. It was did... absolutely killing him. Go ahead. Uh... Give us one more Twitter question. All right, we got one more uh, from Bingo is My Name. We touched on what the, uh, def- like what the defense needs to do uh, to win this game, but what does the offense need to do? The offense,
1: the offense needs to control the time of possession by running the ball. I mean, listen, we, uh, we, I feel like we're talking ourselves to death. We're talking about the same stuff week in and week out because we know the strengths of this team. It's not a mystery. Sometimes, sometimes it's not about outthinking yourself or outthinking the opposing defense. It's about playing to your strengths. We've been talking about the, utilizing the tight ends. We've been talking about the screen game. We've been talking about dedicating yourself to the run. We've been talking about trusting the receivers. We've been talking, 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 talking. When they stuck to it, it's worked. The script has worked.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I need to see the screen game dialed up. I, I think uh, Carson once has to be aware of the blitz. Um, I think he has to realize where his check, check down is and not be afraid to go there um, versus taking sacks. Because um, against a, a, a decent defense, you can't be taking these third and longs without the weapons that we have. Uh, the 12 personnel is going to be huge for us. Uh, last week, they relied on the 12 personnel the most out of all the packages there. Um, but I, I think running at these guys will be imperative. Um, if you can, you can keep those guys off the field and get some quick strikes, uh, maybe some big plays as well. Um, But I I do like that trick play. I think they're all all hands on deck. We're going to need a a spend special.
1: (laughs) I love it. Hey, before we get on out of here, some information on the tailgate. Hopefully, I'm going to speak it into existence. Never mind. It will will not be the last home tailgate of the season, right? Gates are going to open up at 930 parking lot F1. Uh, Make sure you're there. It is going to be absolutely wild. It is going to be a playoff atmosphere. Doug Peterson already called on the fans. Jim Schwartz in his press conference today already called on the fans to crank it up to 11 and be at a high level because the crowd noise and the crowd energy, he said his defense feeds off that. It all starts at the tailgate. Gates open for Wells Fargo lot F1 at 930. We will be there. Shout out to Concha Hawk and Bakery who provides the food. For the tailgate, we love you, Tina. We appreciate everything that you've done for us this season. Shout out to Bud Light for once again supplying the tailgate with the beer. Not only that, but all the they call them dream seats down in Washington. They're amazing. And it was a dream come true down in Washington. So to our Bud Light friends, we appreciate (laughs) it. Shout out
0: to Goofy Gators and Karate Mark. We're still one more opportunity where you can bring down presents. Um, So bring the presents. We'll have a a place for them. Uh, And shout out to you guys that have already uh, given over the last couple weeks. And
1: listen, if you have already given at the previous tailgate and you're attending this tailgate, don't feel like you got a double dip, all right? But I mean, if you want to, if you're feeling generous, if you're feeling jolly, I'm gonna break out the Santa suit, all right? I'm gonna be feeling holly jolly, so I'm gonna be uh, dressed up as Santa. If you're feeling like it, go ahead, bring another toy. Shout out to the folks down in Washington who were giving us toys to drive back to Philadelphia for the Goofy Gators, uh, needy kids with uh, disabilities, uh, some of them like autism, they get all those presents. Goofy Gators even said that they're even gonna be able to take on more families based upon the donations that the 4th & John tailgate uh, crowd has given us. So we appreciate all that. Shout out to Monster Energy Drink who just delivered a pallet to my house, including a fridge. Now we have a fridge for the tailgate. I kid you not, I haven't even cracked open all those boxes, but a pallet, a pallet got delivered to my house two days. So, shout out to Monster Energy Drink for providing the beverages for the tailgate. Shout out to Jim Budo. Eagles, can I get a long distance? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I'm feeding off that all the time. Oh, my God. Nice stash, guy. Oh, my God. Why do we got to flash that picture? And until next time, we will see you right here at NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios on
4: 4th and John. Dallas, go Birds. Go Birds! go Birds. Don't let us win this game.
1: Go Birds.
3: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.